Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who made a couple pizzas today. His name is Brandon Siegel. How you doing? I'm doing quite well. Today was a busy day for me, and I don't want to shadow your or, uh, overshadow your accomplishments, Trevor, because you, you had a hard day at work. Um, but I made three pizzas today, uh, all from scratch, all homemade, and it took a very long time. But that's okay because they were great. Trevor gave it a 15 out of 10 earlier. Um, definitely not half of 15. 15 out of 10 was his uh, official rating. Um, you heard it from me first. Uh, of course, another member of the podcast who... Uh, who, who, oh, I don't think you've had one of my, my homemade pizzas, but you've definitely, we have made a lot of pizzas uh, together, and that is, of course, Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you today? I mean, this is ridiculous. Like, all of a sudden, you move, you move in with Trevor, and you become like this, like, world-class chef. You're making everything for him. Like, where was this for me? I'm yeah, I mean, Ben, this is just what happens when you go, when you move in with a roommate you like. Uh, I mean, that's... <laughs> That's just the difference, you know. <laughs> are, are these are these like TikTok recipes? I feel like a lot of people are getting all this like all these recipes from TikTok. Like my well, grandma, so my, like, my I'll tell you, my grandma has a TikTok just so she can look up recipes on it. I like that. I actually really like that about her. Uh, shout out to uh, Grandma O'Brien. But it's are, are these TikTok the recipes? These got to be TikTok. Recipes. No, no. So none of them are TikTok recipes. Probably like a year ago, I got really into making pizza, and then like I just started finding other things I like like making. Like for example, steak tacos is one. We've talked about that on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, steak tacos is like my favorite thing to make. Um, so like I've just found things that I like making and I enjoy like cooking now. So this is different. When I was in college, I didn't like cooking. Interesting. Noted. I've just moved on in life, Ben. I think it's because since I'm not living with you, I'm more mature, you know? I mean, that's fair. That's a fair point. <laughs> I th- it, it honestly might be the other way around. <laughs> it might be, it might be, it might be I've gotten less mature <laughs> from... After after living with you, but look, that's neither here nor there, Trevor. I'm glad you enjoyed your pizza, but we got a podcast to record. As always, uh, we are recording a little bit early this week on a Sunday, um, so this will come out. When is this going to come out, Trevor? Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. morning. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this will be out Monday morning, so a little bit earlier uh, this week. But nevertheless, we got a good pod planned for today. A little bit on the uh, shorter side for content, but that's no worry at all. We are starting uh, with who I think is the best college basketball player potentially of all time. Um, and that is Bronny James, um, as I'm sure everyone has heard. And if you have not, I'm about to give the little news update right now. Bronny James committed to USC, um, staying in Southern California, close to dad, close to the family. Um, and uh, yeah, I okay. I know this is this is like crazy for me to say. I've talked about this on the podcast, but I know you guys, everyone like I talked to was like, I can't believe you say this. I really wanted him to go to Ohio State. Uh, mainly just because I wanted to watch him play. Like, I wanted to be able to go watch him play some more. Uh, you know, we have, do we all go see Bronny? Do we see him together, all three of us? We yeah, we, we went and saw him Yeah, together. yeah, so we've seen him play once, and he was great when we saw him play, and he was young. This was like, I mean, how long ago was that? That was his freshman year, so that was over three years ago. Yeah, so we got to see him play, um, and it was fun. He did really good in that game, and I wish we could have seen him play some more at Ohio State. But nevertheless, he's at USC Trevor, I'm going to pass this along to you first. Um, what is uh, the outlook for Bonnie James and the outlook now for USC? Yeah, so this is kind of the move that I expected. Um, we heard rumors about his top three being USC, Oregon, and Ohio State. Um, from those top three, I I don't know. I mean, Ohio State, yes, it would have been a fun uh, hypothetical, obviously. That would have been awesome because, like you mentioned, Brandon, we could have potentially went to see him play in person. Um, but I never, I didn't, I don't know, I, I guess it was a, certainly a possibility, but I always was kind of leaning toward USC being the most likely option, staying in Southern California, 
Obviously, LeBron's playing for the Lakers, so it, it just made a lot of sense, you know. Um, and also, like, Bronny, he's been in the AAU circuit. He's, you know, he played for Sierra Canyon. So a lot of these other, like Isaiah Collier, who's the number one player in this prospect, um, my guess would be he already knows him, like, relatively well. So it just makes a lot of sense. You know, USC's a really good team. They're returning uh, four of their top seven scorers, uh, Boogie Ellis, Kobe Johnson, and a few others on their team. Um, so this USC team's going to be really good. I'm looking at two different uh, top 25s um, right now, and I know it's it's uh, May. Like, why are people making college basketball top 25s when the season doesn't start until November? It's kind of wild. But I'm looking at two different ones right now. Both of these have USC in the top 15. One has them 13th. The other one has them 14th. So USC is going to be very good next year. They're projected to be the best team in the Pac-12 um, because they are returning four of their top seven scorers and they're adding the best player in the 2023 class to a lot of people, Isaiah Collier and Bronny James, who I think, you know, as, as far as looking at these different sites, usually he's either top 20, top 25, even top 30. He's in that general range, you know, so... This is going to be really interesting for USC because they're obviously a really good team. I expect them to be, uh, you know, right there. We'll we'll see them in the NCAA tournament and see how they perform. But I'm just so excited to watch Bronny. I'm so excited to watch USC. And I think, you know, it's going to be interesting because a lot of people probably, when you see this headline on Twitter, on Instagram, you might initially think, oh, well, Bronny, he's definitely going to start on this team. But this is a really good USC team. So adding Brawny, um, obviously he's a guard. The other two guards are Boogie Ellis and Isaiah Collier. Isaiah Collier is the best player in the class, and Boogie Ellis is a returning starter that was the leading scorer for them last year. I mean, USC, they were a decent team last year. They were the 10 seed in the NCAA tournament. Boogie Ellis was their probably their best player, I would say, and he's returning. So I don't know if Brawny's going to start unless they decide to do a three-guard lineup, which would make them pretty small so my guess would be right off the bat Bronny will come off the bench maybe be like a you know six man of sorts and really be able to provide offensive production because in my time seeing him um in the two or three games I saw him watching highlights he already has you know a pretty high level of basketball IQ he's a pretty decent shooter um you know and and we've seen him grow I think he's now about 6'4 I want to say at least 6'4 6'5 maybe um, so he's grown a little bit more. Um, he's gotten a little bit stronger. He's gotten a little bit better on defense. Um, you know, and, and he's gotten more athletic. I mean, we see some of the highlight dunks that he's, um, had as well in some of these games. So he's definitely improved his game a lot. Um, and I think USC is a perfect place for, for him to continue, uh, to develop his game. Uh, Brandon, what, what are some of your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, like like I said, I was I was upset. I wish he went to Ohio State. I wanted to watch him play, but it seems like USC is gonna flourish. It seems like even without him, USC was gonna flourish. Um, but now their games are gonna be packed every single time they play. Um, not that they wouldn't be before, but the, there are gonna be some hot tickets. Uh, ben, to wrap up the Bronny James segment, do you have any final thoughts? I mean, I think USC made the most sense. I, I I wasn't surprised. I don't think anybody was really surprised to see him go to USC just just because it's LA in terms of NIL money. I mean, that's probably the best opportunity. Um, and he's, and he's close to, he's still close to his dad. And I know he likes going to those games and I'm sure he wants his dad to go to as many games as possible. So, um, it makes sense. I don't, I don't think I was super surprised by that. Um, it, it, like you said, it would have been cool for him to go to Ohio state just because it's convenient for us. 
Um, but I, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of him going to USC um, just to kind of do his own thing. Like, it, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be impossible for him to ever not be compared to his dad because his name is literally LeBron James Jr. But um, Ohio State was almost too too connected to, to LeBron. So to, to go to USC is kind of doing his own thing, which I think I'm sure that's what he wanted to do. Um, and again, it's, it's LA. So he's going to have plenty of opportunities like, like he already does for, for off the court things. Um, which if he's anything like his dad, I'm sure that will be a priority for himself. So, um, it's, it's cool to see. I'll be excited to watch them play. And obviously they're going to have a lot of talent. So, um, yeah, I, I would imagine that all of those games are going to be on prime time. You know, ESPN is going to throw everything they got at, at the PAC 12 to make sure that a lot of those games are televised on their networks and every network's going to be fighting for those games. So, um, it, it's exciting. It'll be, it'll be cool to watch just to see, uh, LeBron's kid playing college. Cause obviously we didn't get to see that with LeBron. Um, and, and to see him, hopefully, I think we're, it's expected that he'll be in the NCAA tournament, um, a, a year from now. And I think that'll be a really cool sight to see. Yep. A hundred percent. And I'm very excited. Maybe they'll come play on the East coast and we could take a little road trip to go watch him play. Uh, but we'll have to see. Nevertheless, let's move to, uh, more adult basketball, the professional basketball league. We got the NBA. We are in the thick of the NBA playoffs here and, uh, we we're in the what semifinals rounds. Um, we got four really good series going on right now. Three of which are two and two and one, and one just finished up today is now two and two. Trevor, what series are we starting off with today? Yeah, so let's start in the Eastern Conference. We can go with Heat Knicks. Um, the Miami Heat now have a two to one lead over the Knicks um, after a pretty frustrating loss for me in Game Two. Um, they bounced back, got a really solid win in Game Three last night. One hundred five eighty six. Jimmy Butler returned. He looked pretty solid, you know, he had 28 points, Um, you know, he looked, I mean, I don't know, he looked pretty healthy from what I saw, I mean, good enough, I would say, Um, certainly, um, from this postseason Jimmy Butler's had so far, so that was obviously a concern for me, I'm like, yeah, Jimmy Butler's gonna, I expect him to play game three, but how is he gonna look, Um, and he did look pretty good overall, again, 28 points, four rebounds, so that was solid, and the Heat, it's weird because they just, they haven't, this is not the team we've seen in the regular season. And now they're getting so many more con- contributions from the role players. I mean, Kyle Lowry had a big game in game one in their win. Uh, and then we saw some of the role players step up in game two. Caleb Martin being one of the biggest ones, despite the loss. Caleb Martin had a pretty good game in game two. And then in game three, we saw Kyle Lowry again have a pretty good performance. We saw Max Struess. Uh, with 19 points in Game 3. Uh, Bam on a bio, 17-10. So, solid game for the Heat. Um, you know, R.J. Barrett was playing very well. He played very well against the Cavs. He played really well in the first two games against Miami overall. But he had a rough game in Game 3. He shot 5 of 16, only had 14 points. He was a minus 32. So, rough game for R.J. Um, you know, he was on a really good stretch, but... We kind of saw it. We kind of saw the teeter totter, you know, slant back the other way. I think a little bit here because I think maybe the 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 way R.J. Barrett was playing was maybe a little bit too good to be true for Knicks fans. But we'll see. I mean, I, I say that, and then I'm like jinxing it because then R.J. Barrett will come out and have a really good game for. But um, you know, he he struggled. Julius Randle struggled as well. And with Julius Randle now, it's like I don't know. Like he. Has had so he's had a couple good regular seasons this year. He was very good in the regular season. I think he averaged like I want to say like 25, 24, 25 points per game. And he's just 
he's put up so many stinkers in the playoffs. It's like Julius Randle, you're supposed to be this all-star caliber player. We're in the playoffs. We're in round two. You know, like if Jalen Brunson, like it's almost like Jalen Brunson can't even afford to have a bad night because if he has a bad night, they're going to lose because the other supposed all-star of the team, Julius Randle, like has a, has all these stinkers. I mean, he had four, four for 15 in this game three, only 10 points. So Julius Randle needs to play better. If he does not play better, I don't think they're going to be able to beat the Heat. I, I think you need more than just Jalen Brunson and, you know, Josh Hart making hustle plays and relying on R.J. Barrett. I think you need more than that. Obviously, another factor in that game was Mitchell Robinson only playing 14 minutes. Um, obviously, Mitchell Robinson's very important to the Knicks. So, you know, they're going to try to make some adjustments, and we'll see what comes out of it in Game 4. Still expected to be a very close series. I expect it to go 7. Uh, ben, what are some of your thoughts on this series? Obviously, the Knicks, I don't know. Are They're kind of your team. I, if you did have an no, NBA team. No, don't say that, Trevor. If you no, did have an NBA team. That. They would be your team, no. I think. <laughs> we're, that, that is not... We, I, I do not want to claim the Knicks ever. I don't know if I've ever seen Ben more offended in my life. <laughs> we, do, I don't, we, we do not want to claim the Knicks, but um, I'm forced to have to like them. And Trevor, I think you made probably the smartest point you've ever made in your entire life. It's crazy, like... Julius Randle, he's stinking up the, you know, he's he's stinking on the floor. He's, he's but he's taking up precious minutes, thirty eight minutes in the game. If only there was like some other power forward listed on the team. Actually, the only other power forward that's listed on the New York Knicks that maybe could play some of those thirty eight minutes that Julius Randle clearly is not doing productively. Um, but again, I'm not the coach. Well, who who am I to say what the recipe for success is? Um, in reality, though, like if we're being serious, I think a lot of people. I don't know. I I don't know the perception. I guess coming into this, but. I really do think like, and maybe hindsight's twenty twenty, but yeah, the, the the Heat were the eight seed, but I really do think like the Heat seem like the better team, and maybe it's just because they have a better coach, um, and obviously they have the best player in the series on their team. But I don't think there's a lot of people that are super surprised by the Heat being up two one in this in this series. Um, I, I I fully expect the Knicks to win another game. I don't think I'm going to see the Heat win in five. I think this series is closer than that. But um, I mean, obviously it's going to be tough for the Knicks in mean, Game Four in Miami again. I mean, the Knicks have to win that game. They, they can't afford to go down 3-1. At the very least, they win game four, and they have a best of three with two of them at home. But, um, I mean, yeah, the the, or the, uh, the Heat have just been the better team. And, and, and I think the Knicks, um, I don't think this is like a shock to say, but the Knicks seem like they probably have a deeper team in terms of all-star talent on their team. But um, mm-hmm. they just haven't played well. I mean, I mean, Randall obviously hasn't played well, and, and um, R.J. Barrett clearly didn't play that well in, in, in game three. So, um, the Knicks have what it takes to win this series. They absolutely do. I mean, clearly, again, on paper, they are the better seed, but um, I just don't think they, they've played to their expectations, at least in a few of these games. So I, I expect them to come out and play better in game four. I'm, I'm hoping they do, but um, I mean, Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler. And if he continues to, to drop 30 points on, on the Knicks, I, I think the, the Knicks are going to have a very hard time winning whatever it is, three of the next four games, or three next five games, I should say. No, I can't do math. What is it? Three of the next four games. Um, so it is what it is. You got there eventually, Ben. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I- I'll say this about the series. Uh, the Heat, <coughs> really more than just the series, last series too. Trevor, the Heat have been a pleasure of a surprise. I mean, quite the surprise. Uh, I mean, did, did we, did, none of us really thought the Heat were going to be able to win the first series, much less a second series, even if it was against a, you know, I guess technically worse team because they're the lower seed than the Cavs. Um, but nevertheless, they beat they beat the top seed, the Bucks, Trevor, who you had winning it all. 
So I think this Heat team uh, is a force to be reckoned with, and I'm excited to see them hopefully advance, mainly because I live with you and I don't want to die, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, Brandon, you should be pulling for Heat in the finals just because I think that's that's a side of Trevor that we haven't seen in a long time, especially well, see, in person. Here's the thing, yeah. though. I don't know if I want them in the finals because if they lose the finals, it's going to be World War Three in my house. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just thinking like I'm just but thinking if they like, win. like en- entertainment wise it'd be hilarious to watch Trevor just be complaining about everything in that series if they made the finals. when when we watched when I watched the end of game three with Trevor and he was he was freaking out game it two, was it yeah. was a sight to see I should have recorded it yeah game two but, was pretty game two was frustrating because they could have won it but yeah Brandon you gotta quite. start you gotta start taking videos of it I, I just want to see videos of Trevor just throwing everything he has at that TV and complaining yeah, about the, yeah. the officiating and you know Yelling at, at at whoever it is, the third string point guard on the Heat for turning yeah. the ball over. I just see, I want to see all that. When I, I complain, there's a lot of anger. When, when I complain though, it's usually about my like my own team doing stupid things. That's usually what my complaints are about. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing though: Jalen Brunson is an unstoppable force. It's it's, and I don't know what you do with him. So uh, he's gonna score a lot. But hey, the Heat look like they're in a good position here. They stole a game in New York, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. What series is up next, Trevor? Are we staying in the East? Yeah, so staying in the East, the other series we have here, uh, Philly and Boston. This series is now tied 2-2. Obviously, uh, Game 4 just happened, um, you know, about two hours ago now, I think. Um, and, and Philly tied it up. You know, another great performance by James Harden. James Harden in Game 1 had a huge performance, had a big shot near the end, finished with 45 points in that game. That game was without a beat. And that was obviously a big shock because... Um, you know, when I heard that Joel Embiid was going to be missing game one and possibly could miss game two as well, I was like, well, if that's the case, Boston's going to win the first two games. Like, it's just, they're not, Philly's not winning a game without Embiid. They're just not going to do it. But I was, I was wrong. I was very shocked. Uh, Philly did win game one. Obviously, James Harden, an incredible performance. And, you know, we saw uh, game two, obviously it was, it was different because Embiid played, but it was like. It was like I don't know. Maybe it was it was tough because he didn't look like uh, you know we normally see him be and play the caliber he normally plays at. So that happened, and then game three, you know, Boston just played really well once again, um, and it looked like okay, game one was a fluke. Boston's just gonna run him out of the building here and win, still win the series pretty easily despite that weird game one. But Harden, uh, just another really good performance by him. You know, you got to give Harden a lot of credit because the even though you go back to what's transpired in the past, the past couple years, him probably quitting on the Houston Rockets and then him going to Brooklyn and then that situation not really working out. And obviously that situation had a lot of complicated things. It was the whole situation with Kyrie. I think that's probably a big part of what made Harden want to leave. Um, but now he's in Philly and I think he's found a really good home. Um, obviously in the off season, I mean, we've heard rumors about him wanting to potentially go back to Houston, which I have no idea what, what's going to happen there. Obviously it might depend on the outcome of this playoff series, but Harden's been playing really well. And it seems clear that, you know, this is, this is contract year Harden, right? Like he's playing yeah. for a big contract. He wants like a, I think a four year extension is what he's looking for from Daryl Morey and the, the Philadelphia 76ers. So he's he's on his best behavior. He really is. He's playing super well. Um, it seemed like he was training pretty hard in the off season. 
he was at uh, Alpha Land down in the Houston area last summer and stuff like that. So he was training hard. And now you see him just doing all the things that a good teammate does, all the good things that a superstar player does. He's hitting big shots. He's telling teammates, um, you know, after a win, no, it's just one win. You don't need to celebrate too much. I mean, after game one, he was doing that. His teammates were celebrating. He was like, it's just one game. And I love to see that, but I'm like, is this a, is this like a facade? Is this, is this really true or is this him just on his best behavior? I don't know, but nevertheless, this version of Harden is a fantastic player. He's at least a top 20 player in the NBA and you know, we, he just has to continue playing like that. If he does, the Sixers have a real chance to win the series and Hey, they have a chance to win the title. If this is the Harden we're getting, which I didn't really anticipate coming in the playoffs. So I'm pretty shocked, but Philly has a chance here. I still I still lean Boston, but Philly definitely does have a chance with this version of James Harden. <clears throat> yeah, I it's gonna be interesting, you know, what happens in this series, because you know, we, we see Harden dropping forty two points. I mean, if he's if he's able to keep that level, this series can end up being close. Trevor, do you still do you have a revised pick in this series? Um, I said I said Boston six at the start. Um, I kind of feel like it's gonna go seven now, but I don't. I mean, I don't know. I I might as well just stick with my pick. But I That's could I could yeah. I'll just stick with my pick. I'll say that Boston does still win it in six. But obviously, I'm not gonna be surprised if Philly forced a game seven just because you know the Harden's been playing so well and they do have Joel Embiid, exactly. who is probably the best player in the series overall. So. Yeah, we'll see. It's the MVP of the league. Yeah, MVP of the league. So, very fun series, but I do still have the Celtics. Yeah, and something else interesting, just to point out, this past game that the the Sixers won, the Celtics had one, two, three, four players over 19 points, Um, and that's quite impressive. So, it spread out scoring, and they didn't come out with the win. I mean, that's a... It's going to be interesting. That's going to be a really good series. Ben, final thoughts on this series before we move on. I mean, it's been awesome. It's, It's been everything you want, like... Um, I mean, each team has 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 gotten a win on the road. I mean, obviously you have you have star power, and I feel like these these two teams always it's always fun to watch these two teams in the playoffs. And again, like the Celtics recently have have gotten you know the the better of the 76ers, but with James Harden doing what he's doing, and obviously Embiid, and then I mean even on the other side, like um, I, I I caught a little bit of the end of the game, but like I mean Jason Tatum was doing his thing. I mean there's star power all over this floor. Al Horford had a phenomenal game today. Um, just a really awesome series. Like it's, I think it's, it's, it's perfect for the NBA. It's exactly what, when you say NBA playoffs, like this is the series that you want. Um, two very evenly matched teams with, with obviously star power on both sides. You got the MVP playing in the series. So, um, a fantastic series. I don't remember my prediction. I would assume I picked the Celtics. Um, I think, I think it's, it's, it's obviously easier to pick the Celtics still in the series because they got two out of the next three games at home and they need to win two of them. So, I would still expect the Celtics to win this series, but I I, I really hope it goes seven. I, I think it, it has you know all the potential to go seven. I think ultimately it will go seven um, because I, I fully expect each team to probably win at home um, just because those atmospheres are going to be crazy. But we've seen crazier things happen. Um, but yeah, overall, fantastic series. I, I've enjoyed watching it. I will absolutely um, tune in to watch these next few games that are played because um, really anything can happen. Like like you said, you can have Harden dropping 40. You can have Embiid getting 15 rebounds in a game. You can have... Tatum dishing out eight assists and dropping 35 points. Like, I mean, there, there's potential for, for an all-time series here and an all-time final three games in the series. Um, so I'm super excited to see see what happens here in the next week or so. 
Yeah. The, the, the only thing I forgot to mention is that there's a lot of people, especially Celtics fans, who really haven't liked how Joe, Joe Mazzola's kind of managed the end of game decisions. Um, and we saw one in this game. Um, Joe Mazzola did not, decided not to call a timeout um, after yeah. Harden hit the three. He let him play it out. They had about 10 seconds and they seemed out of sorts. You know, Jason Tatum dribbled up the ball. And they didn't seem to have a play ready. So a lot of people, you know, Celtics fans especially, have been talking about Joe Mazzola now for months in some of his decisions. And it did kind of seem like to me that a timeout there would have been the right decision. But that's just something to keep an eye on, you know, when the Celtics are in close games. So here's my thing on that, Trevor. I'll give you my opinion, not that you asked for it. I've always been someone that like I get the whole idea of of not calling timeout because you don't want the defense to set or you don't want you know you know you don't want the in this case the the Sixers to set up their defense but I'm such a believer in like I get it you're calling timeout and you're allowing the defense to set up but you're also giving yourself the chance to run the best play you have and I think it's one of those things again this is totally just my philosophy it's one of those things where you have to have faith that the best play that you're going to run on offense is better than what the defense they're going to set up is. Um, because look what happens. I mean, the, the end of that game, you get a wacky sequence where you have Jason Tatum. He drives the left side of the, of the basket. He, you know, he gets double teamed or triple teamed as he goes up, and he he throws it out to to Smart, who doesn't even get the shot off. So, um, I, I've always been such a believer in in calling the timeout if you have it and allowing yourself to run the best possible play and giving yourself the best possible chance to win that game. Because um, in my opinion, I don't think the Celtics got the best possible outcome they could have there at the end. So. Um, I, I understand the criticism there. I really do. And again, I totally get the other side. I, I, I get allowing you know your players to make a play. But um, if I was in that situation, which I never will be, I will never come close to that situation. But I think I would have called a timeout there. That's just my opinion. That's my take. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, we will move along to the uh, the West here, um, which we get to talk about the greatest player of all time shortly. I don't know if we're starting with that matchup or going to the other one. Uh, but where are we starting, Trevor? Yeah, so Suns Nuggets. Uh, we have Game Four going on right now. It's almost halftime. Uh, the Nuggets have a two to one lead. The Phoenix was able to stay alive in Game Three. I believe Booker and uh, Durant combined for eighty six points. Booker had forty seven. Booker has just been phenomenal in the playoffs in general, and he's been the best player for the Phoenix Suns in these playoffs. Um, you know, he's been awesome. 47 in this game uh very efficient too he shot 20 of 25 that's just insane when you can score 47 points and shoot 80 percent from the field making 20 out of 25 shots i mean most of the a lot of them are mid-range shots he did make five of eight threes as well but it's i don't know it's just nuts to me because quite a few of those were really tough shots you know he's making leaners with like a guy's hand in his face uh tough bang shots all kinds of like Really tough shots that Devin Booker's hitting. Um, and it just speaks to how his game has grown over the years. I mean, a few years ago, you know, Phoenix was, I don't know, one of the worst teams in the NBA. And some people were looking at Devin Booker as, oh, he's just like a, a good stats, bad team guy. And now he's elevated to this level where he's at least a top 15, if not top 10 player in the NBA. And he's just playing really well. I think the trouble for Phoenix is that... The Denver Nuggets look like a well-oiled machine on offense, and the Phoenix Suns just play a lot of iso ball. You know, it's a lot of relying on their two stars, Durant and Booker. And too often, it feels like they're going one-on-one, um, and it's either they make a shot or they miss a shot. And in this game, Booker made pretty much every shot, so they won. 
but it's just hard to rely on that when you have, uh, you know, the Murray-Jokic pick-and-roll, which seems to be, like, impossible to stop, and you have shooters on the wing that you can actually rely on to hit shots, like a Michael Porter Jr., you know? You don't really have that with Phoenix. You're relying on a guy like a Josh Akogi, a campaign. These guys aren't quite as reliable in terms of, you know, uh, the depth of Phoenix, obviously, like we knew coming in the series. The depth for Phoenix is not as good as it is for Denver, and I think that's kind of the difference. Um, even defensively, I think a lot of people have concerns about Denver's defense. Phoenix's defense isn't any better. In fact, I think it's probably worse, um, to be honest with you. So people were concerned about that. I think Denver has been passing a lot of tests. Now, we got to see because this game's really tight right now, this game four. So we'll see if Phoenix can even up 2-2. But the only other element here that's important to mention is Chris Paul is still out. It appears he's probably going to miss the entire series. I don't really anticipate him coming back at all. And I think, although, yes, Chris Paul, he's much older now. He's 38. He's nowhere near the same level of defender he is. He's nowhere near the same level of scorer he is. He's still a good passer. He's still a good organizer of the court. And I think that does have value for a Phoenix Suns team when the alternative is campaign, you know? So yeah. when that's your alternative, I still do think Chris Paul having him is very valuable for a team that without him plays a lot of iso ball and just relies on Devin Booker to go like like freaking Michael Jordan impersonations because that's the only reason Phoenix can win without Chris Paul is Devin Booker and Kevin Durant being like all-time legends, like amazing um, in order for them to beat Denver. That's what it's going to take because Denver is they're a really good team. They've been together all year. And, you know, they they play really well as a team, and they have good role players. Um, so, yeah, I, I still think Denver's going to win. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to say it's not even going to be close because you can't completely count Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, but I think Denver's going to win. Uh, ben, wh- what are some of your thoughts on this series? Yeah, I mean, th- like, honestly, this is this is the series that I'm least interested in of the four. And I still think this is a fantastic series, which is why I think it shows how awesome these NBA playoffs have been and how awesome this round of the playoffs have been. Um, it's just, it like, I mean, you made a lot of good points. Like I, I picked whatever it was. I picked the nuggets in something five or six. Um, and I, I, again, I think the nuggets are the better team. Phoenix obviously has a lot of star power and they have the ability to win this series, but if if you're gonna get Jokic at his full power and at at, at his best, um, w- without Chris Paul playing for the Suns, I really do think that the Nuggets are just the better team. Um, and you know, as we're recording this right now, it's 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 tie game in the second quarter of this of this uh, game four. So it, there's still a, a lot that can happen in this series. But um, again, I, I'm just gonna same thing. I'm gonna say with what I said with the with the uh, Celtics and, and Sixers series. Like if even if Phoenix wins this game, they got to go and win two out of three on the road in Denver, which has been very hard to do all year. And it's obviously in this series with them losing both their, 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 the previous games on the road. So I still have faith in the, in the, uh, in the nuggets. I, if I had to pick again, I'd still pick them. I'm still confident in my pick. Um, but again, my point is that if, if a team's going to do this and they're, they're going to, they're going to come back and win three more games in this series. I think the Suns have obviously the star power to do it, even without Chris Paul, who in my opinion, Trevor, and maybe Brandon, uh, supports this opinion, but might be addition by subtraction if we're being honest with Chris Paul not playing. Am I correct, Brandon? Am I correct? That's called addition by subtraction. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a fair that's that's a fair 
thing to say. I, so, I, I thought you were pro. Uh, yeah, it surprised me, Brandon. I thought you were pro Chris Paul. I thought you were uh, on Trevor's side there. I do love Chris Paul, but it seems like, I mean, Trevor, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like Chris Paul hasn't been the best in these uh, playoffs. No, he okay. hasn't. He hasn't been. My thing is just like the alternative is is like campaign and, yeah. and Chris you're great. Paul. You're right. It's a good point. <laughs> Chris Paul still has the ability to at least be like a decent floor general. He can organize the offense. He can run plays, which helps your offense overall. I like it's, just, it's a more. It's a better offense overall. I think campaign could be a a, a, a leading point guard on a championship level team. Apparently, he is. <laughs> <laughs> what what on so, our Trevor, on our two K rebuild? Yeah, maybe on our two K <laughs> rebuild he could he could be. We should we should talk about that on the podcast. Maybe not today, but we should talk about that. We, we are you doing wonders. one? You doing a we 2K are rebuild? we are actually actively doing one uh, with Josh as the small baller compound over here has a uh, we have a, a rebuild. What are the Houston Rockets? We were the t- we were in our second or after our second season. We finished our second season as we were the two seed and we got first rounded, so not good. But we did have the number one overall pick in the previous year, so we're we're, we're building it up. Maybe we'll have to give an update on that. That would so be fun to do. Yeah. You should trade your number one overall pick and get a dude named LeBron James on your team. I tried, you should do that. but it didn't work out. Damn. Yeah. So, Trevor, back back to the real NBA, uh, not fake NBA. If the Suns win today, does this change your mind at all about the them you know beating the Nuggets? Or do you what it, it, no. it does you know does the, the, it didn't really matter? No, I, I picked Nuggets in seven before the series. So if Phoenix wins today, it's still Nuggets in seven. If Denver wins today, it might be Nuggets in five. I don't know. You know, so it it would change my mind. That, well, I don't know. I, I think after the loss of Chris Paul, I was starting to consider the fact that the Nuggets might win in like five games. Um, But as we look at the score right now, Devin Booker has 19 points. And he's only missed one shot. He's eight of nine. So I don't know. Yeah. Devin Booker yeah, might be the best player in the that. NBA. I, I really don't know. Well, I'll tell oh. you this. He is definitely not the best NBA player in the, the best NBA player in the league. Uh, because our next series here, Trevor, Lakers versus Warriors, does have the best player, and that is LeBron James. I don't want to hear any Anthony Davis or <laughs> Steph Curry garbage in this talk. Um, and our, our past game, Lakers won by 30. Um, we had Anthony Davis, 25 points. We had LeBron with 21 and Dangelo with 21. Um, seems like it was a good game for the Lakers, Trevor. Yeah, it definitely was. And the Lakers continued to get good production from their role players. D'Angelo Russell, the guy who I have not been a believer in. I think on the last podcast, I was like, eh, I still don't know if I believe in D'Angelo Russell and some of these role players. But he had another really good game, so... Shout out to D'Angelo. He'll keep proving me wrong. I'll probably keep downing him. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm finally on board with D'Angelo. I feel like the moment that I'm like, you know what? I believe in D'Angelo Russell. He's a great player. He's going to go out there in the next game and go like two for 15 with like six points. And I'm going to be like, that. that's exactly why I didn't believe in you, D'Angelo. But anyway, he had a really good game. He had 21 points, uh, made five of eight threes. Um, so credit to him. Anthony Davis, another really solid game as well, obviously, 25 and 13. Uh, LeBron added in 21, 8 and 8. So, you know, a, a fine game for LeBron um, as well. But they just continue getting production from the role players, you know, and it's it, it usually ends up being different guys. It's not always the same guy. Sometimes it's D'Angelo Russell. Sometimes it's Austin Reeves. Sometimes it's Jared Vanderbilt, you know. Um, Rui Hachimura a couple weeks ago, I think, had like a 32-point game or something like that. 
So they they do continue to get production from their role players. I think Golden State has a little bit of a role player problem as well. I mean, they see they seem more and more they're kind of searching for different guys. I mean, they had to play because Looney was like dealing with uh, you know a little bit of a minor injury, I believe, um, and they had to play Jamichael Green. Jamichael Green isn't exactly a player you want playing a lot of minutes. I think for your NBA team, if you're trying to win a championship, I don't think that's uh, something you really want out there. Um, so they're searching for different things as well. I mean, a guy like Jordan Poole, who last year was so good for the Warriors, now he, it, he's so hit or miss. I mean, he was two for nine in this last game. It, it's really hard to rely on Jordan Poole nowadays, I feel like. So, yeah, it's tough for the Warriors. I mean, Steph's going to be Steph. Most of the time, he's going to be awesome. Clay will at least be decent. Sometimes he'll be really good. Wiggins will give you a relatively uh, consistent performance. But Jordan Poole, he's so hit or miss um, in particular. Um, so that's that's the thing that's tough. You know, these games, they're high variance. We've seen two blowouts. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we come back for game four and the Warriors blow out the Lakers because there's a lot of variance with some of these role players in particular. And you don't always know exactly what you're going to get. So, you know, I, I just, when I'm watching this series, to be honest with you, I just sit back and relax and enjoy the ride because that's what this series is. It's fun. I think it's going to go seven games. It's showcasing two of the best 15 players of all time in LeBron and Steph Curry. And you can't ask for much more than that. This series is awesome. Yeah, 100%. I mean, watching the greatest player of all time win is just the best. I don't know if I could say it better myself. Ben, any thoughts on Lakers-Warriors? I mean, awesome series. Again, I think it's everything that, that ESPN and these networks were hoping for. That It's been fantastic. Um, I, I guess games two and three have been blowouts, but at the very least, they've been entertaining. Um, and it's just two really good teams. I, I think the, you know, the Lakers have kind of been doubted all year, and they, obviously they had their terrible start at the beginning of the year, and they, they made some moves at the trade deadline, and um, you know they had, the, they had to go through the play-in game system and stuff like that, but they're a really good team. And if Anthony Davis is healthy, and I think, again, this is like the, the super basic analysis, but it's true. Like if Anthony Davis is healthy, um, it, he's, he's impossible to stop because he's so dominant. And, and even when he's not scoring, I noticed this watching the game yesterday, even when he's not scoring, like what he was able to do on Draymond Green was so valuable um, because of how big and how strong Anthony Davis is. Like he, he does so much more than just, than just scoring the ball and getting rebounds. Um, because especially when, Le- when LeBron's going on runs, I mean, what LeBron went on kind of a, a cool little run where he, he had a couple baskets in a row yesterday. Um, and what that does is that, that you can't guard Anthony Davis and LeBron the way that you want to. I mean, you're going to have to, to, to take some, something away from one of them, but it's going to be hard to take something away from both of them. Um, so I mean, any team with LeBron on it is going to create an issue for a defense just because of how versatile he is. But, but with Anthony Davis playing the way he is, and if he can stay healthy, um, I'm, I'm confident that the Lakers can win this series. I didn't predict them to win this series. Cause, um, I mean, I, I still think it's, it's, it's very hard, almost impossible. And we've seen that in recent history. It's almost impossible to beat the Warriors with, with Steph Curry and Draymond and Clay and Steve Kerr coaching it all and in a seven game series. It's, it's hard to do. And not a lot of teams have had success doing it, but I mean, LeBron James is the guy to do it. And I, I, I like where they're at right now, obviously up two one with another home game here tomorrow night, but just a really cool series. Uh, and, and you get these types of series with the Warriors because they're so hit or miss, because they're so, you know, live and die by the three, where where you have games where they might have 90 points heading into the third or heading into the fourth quarter. 
And then you have games like last night where they had like 68 or 70 points going into the fourth quarter. So th- this happens with the Warriors. You get a lot of blowouts one way or the other just because of how reliant they are on outside shooting. But um, I think the Lakers are a deeper team, and I think that obviously that proved in Game 3 with 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 their production off the bench with, with Rui you know, putting in um, not a lot of minutes, but very productive, and Dennis Schroeder having very productive minutes, and obviously Lonnie Walker playing well. So um, I'm confident in the Lakers. I'm confident in my boy LeBron James, but th- this is no easy task. I, I, being up up to one on the Warriors is like the scariest thing ever because you, you want to be confident, but um, it's so easy to lose a game or two in a row to the Warriors just because of how deadly they are. So I'm, I'm not complacent, but I, I like where the Warriors are at. Um, and I've enjoyed very much this series. By far my favorite series I've watched uh, in this round, just because I like LeBron. 100%. I, I agree with what you're saying. Trevor, any final thoughts here before we wrap up the pod? Yeah, I must say, I, I have a prediction for Game 4 tomorrow night. It, it just came That's to me. Um, you know, don't Trevor, you're scaring me. Uh, I'm, uh, it just Go came ahead, to no. me. I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, you're scaring me. You know, I know what you're gonna say, man. Oh. <laughs> you know, recently in game fours, oh, no. Steph Curry has been very, very good. Uh, and against yeah. Sacramento, he was very good in that game four. They they won the game, a close game against the Celtics last year in the final. Steph Curry put together one of his best, if not the best, performance he's ever had. He's really good in game fours. So I see tomorrow night being a really close game. I think Steph Curry is going to be awesome, uh, at least 40 points, and I think the Warriors are going to pull it off in a very close win. Now, you know, Trevor, there's been some some rumblings on Twitter, and I, I, I don't want to manifest this, but I thought we were, we're going to try to be less superstitious on this podcast, so I'll, I'll just say it. There's been a lot of rumblings on Twitter, Trevor, of the Lakers getting up 3-1 and LeBron blowing a 3-1 lead. Again, I hate putting that out in the universe, but there's there's been a lot of Twitter talk nah, about that would not happen. that possibly happening. Um, I, yeah. Again, I, I hope it doesn't happen, but but you know, Lakers go up three one tomorrow, and a three one lead is obviously an awesome lead to have. But Here, I mean, it's it's the Warriors. I'll, it's, still, I'll, it's still the Golden. I'll State one up myself. The winner of tomorrow's game is going to win the series. I like that take, Trevor. I did that last round with the with, <laughs> with LeBron. I like that take. Winner of Game Four wins the series. Um, because it is. You're right. It's a great point. Like, I, uh, Trevor, I second that. I double down. I'll match that <laughs> that take because you're right. Like the Lakers go up three one. The chances are they'll probably win that series. And obviously, if the Warriors tie at two two, just like we saw with with Sixers Celtics, the Warriors then have two out of three at home. So I, Trevor, I, I'll match that. I'll double down on that take. I agree with you. I'm Team Trevor again. All right. I guess uh, you know some of those are fair statements. You know, the one thing I do want to just just one thing before I wrap up here. And do the little outro. I do want to talk about how you mentioned the the Warriors series against the Kings, right, Trevor? Uh, from you know last series. Yes. Yes. Um, and Curry had an amazing game four, without a doubt. Like amazing. And, and Curry is one of the best players of all time. We talked about this the other day, Trevor. Um, but you're missing a very interesting point here. Uh, and I, that I is think true. You're missing a very I, important. I, you're point. missing a, a pretty important thing. Probably the most um, important point. You're the missing. Knicks, what am I missing? The Knicks. Didn't have LeBron James and the Lakers do. The Kings. The Kings. Or, yeah, not the Knicks. The Kings. The Kings didn't have LeBron James and the, the Los true. Angeles Lakers do. Yeah. Um, that, that is a fantastic point to make. Because of that. That should not be forgotten. You know, you guys make your own assumptions, but I, I know what's going to happen. Lakers in five. All right, well, we'll wrap up the uh, the podcast there for today. Thank you all so much for listening, as always. Go check out our website, thesmallballers.com. Link will be in the description. Go check out our Twitter, at thesmallballer. That will also be in the description. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review. Um, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.